What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we make our way into hell. We hope you enjoy the trip. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming. We invited you guys because we enjoy hanging out with you guys. Mm -hmm. And we thought it might be kind of fun for us to all go together. Yeah. You know, there's fun in company, right? Good times in company. Good times and company. I also, <laughs> you would never catch me at a haunted attraction by myself anyway. So I'm glad to have all of you guys here. True. That's very true. Shout out to the people who can go on their own. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I may have mentioned this before, but it's when I go through the attraction, it's weird. Being there, I would prefer to be in a group. Mm -hmm. When I go through the actual attraction itself, I prefer to be on my own. Same. I don't like being surrounded by my group. I don't like my friends touching me, pulling on me, Same. grabbing my arm. I need space. So when I start to walk through, I kind of distance myself from everyone. But I like knowing that they're there. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I want to know that if something happens and I go missing, that I went there with other people who will raise the alarm. Yes. Yes, let them know that when I got there, I was fine. If you see mm -hmm. me screaming, crying, hanging from the rafters, mm -hmm. something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Go through the emergency exit immediately. Also, as you guys know, if I hear a chainsaw, it's popping off. It's I need you guys to accompany me <laughs> <laughs> through that bit. But everything else, I should be fine. All right. But we are back again talking about haunted houses once more with the homies. Mm -hmm. This is like our third-ish venture into haunted houses well, in, in like yeah. some respect because we had our yeah. haunted houses episode we did haunt which is uh very similar to this uh we may have even talked about this movie in our haunt episode and then maybe have we done another maybe it's two there's just two so. maybe so this is yeah so this, so this is our third, third time yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah and also we're heading back to found footage we are heading back Bound. We are heading back to found footage, which I'm very excited for because you know that I love me some found footage. Yeah, I know you were happy about that. Though, I will say this is a slightly different uh, presentation of found footage than I think we've been able to cover mm -hmm. thus far. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get into that, I would just like to say, slight disclaimer, this has literally nothing to do with the episode. It's just something that happened earlier that I wanted to mention. Instagram's tripping. Look, guys, <laughs> I went on Instagram. I went into our messages and I went to our message requests, which, mind you, said we had one message request. Tell me why. When I went there, all of these message requests popped up from like 50 weeks ago, 20 weeks ago that I had never seen, never been notified for. Oh, no. I just want to say, if you guys have ever messaged us and um, it didn't ever even get seen, my apologies. Instagram do be tripping. And I apologize for that. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I was very irritated. I was like, Damn. how dare you? <laughs> Yo, straight up, I didn't even know that that was a feature until like years 
into being on Instagram. TBH. Message requests. It, yeah, it, it's weird because I get it. It makes sense. No, I, yeah, it I, totally makes sense. I understand why not every single Joe Schmo off the street should be able to message you and you should like accept them. But at the same time, it doesn't always. What there should be know. a better way of notifying you that you have them. Mm hmm. And making sure that they can at least be seen in an easier manner than it currently is. Because now not only do they have message requests, they also have hidden requests. Right. What's that about? <laughs> I, this one's so crazy, so wild, so absurd that I have to traverse the Netherlands just to like read it, to right. look at it. And then I've seen some of the hidden requests. They're the same as like... <laughs> A normal... Yeah, it's like nothing weird, so... Just wanted to give a slight apology to any homies that have perhaps messaged us and didn't ever hear a reply. I'm mm. so sorry. <laughs> yeah, at least in this regard, the ghosts were the ghosting was mm. completely unintentional. Yeah. Blame it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, blame it on Instagram. Where you can also, in regards to this movie, 100% blame the house. Yeah. Eh, nah, I take that back because you can kind of blame the people too. <laughs> yeah, you can blame. You can blame Alex. You can blame Alex. You can 100% <laughs> blame Alex. That much, yeah, I can stand by that. Yeah, when in doubt, blame Alex. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's time for us to get into why you should, in fact, blame Alex. Mm -hmm. And also, let's go to hell. Let's go to hell house. Let's go to hell. All right, homies. It is that time. We're entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we're talking about Hell House LLC from 2015. This movie was written and directed by Stephen Cognetti, starring Gore Abrams as Paul, Danny Bellini as Alex, Jared Hacker as Tony, Ryan Jennifer Jones as Sarah, and Adam Schneider as Andrew or Mac, as we all know him. What started off as a grand project to convert an abandoned hotel into a haunted house ended in tragedy when 15 people lost their lives on opening night. Welcome to the Abaddon Hotel, or as our hopeful renovators call it, Hell House. The building is shrouded in mystery with a dark past that stretches back decades. And unfortunately for our crew of hopefuls, this place serves as a beacon for spirits and death. Insert clowns clowning around. Overly flirtatious cameramen. And Clear warning signs in the bottom of a basement here. Our film concludes with the events of that night being revealed. But is it enough to solve the mystery of the Abaddon Hotel once and for all? Also, just find a new house. Roll credits. I mean, please. <laughs> Honestly, here's my thing. You have these people coming into these like abandoned houses, mm -hmm. like foreclosed places. 
this shit looks like it was the Titanic when it was sinking. Like the everything, the way that everything is strewn about. Right. And the way they're all like, that's just what happens when you have a condemned house. No, no. I think they're usually still houses and they still look normal. They're just, the furniture is maybe like falling apart and there's dust and shit everywhere. This place literally looks like there's a bar brawl in every single room of the house. <laughs> For real. And you try to tell me that in the, what, 20 years that this place was condemned, no one has, like, walked in there and maybe, like, propped the chairs back up at some point. They're just like, nah, we're going to leave it this way. Nah, it's fine. Because I'm thinking, even like, if they had squatters, Mm -hmm. then it would probably look in better array than it currently does. Because I'm sure the squatters would have been like, we need a table. We need some chairs, whatever. Yeah, this place looks like a tornado blew through. But, like... Also, wouldn't there have been a, a police investigation here? So wouldn't they have had to, like, clean up a couple of things in the first place? Well, yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too. But the way that they treat the police department of Abaddon makes it seem like they are covering up every single thing that happens there, lest their peaceful small town be tarnished because <laughs> it's like everything that happens they make it seem like the police came in and had this huge cover-up mm-hmm. but at the same time people kind people do know what happened right. at least in that instance when it was going from the hotel to our characters coming in people do know what happened there yeah it's it's true the the thing the big thing that happened at the hotel before people arrived there is local is local legend at this point. Um, everyone's talked about it. And this movie in particular, well, taking it back a little bit, because I, th- I think we're jumping a little ahead. Uh, so we're talking about a haunted house, as we said before. Um, in, in a sense, we have a crew of people who are coming to the Abaddon Hotel, which is an abandoned hotel, and they are going to renovate it to turn it into a haunted house. Not like the worst idea in the world, right? Mm, no. However, things go very wrong pretty, like, fairly quickly. And unfortunately for our group, many of them do not make it out of this haunted house alive. Mm. So needless to say, perhaps they should have picked a different business venture as opposed to Hell House. Um, who, are we to, who are we to say? But uh, Erica, could you... Uh, Please let me know what is in your notebook. Yeah. So the first note that I have is about the news anchor. Mm-hmm. Who is this? It's Who is not. This? I don't believe that they would actually like, have had a legitimate job as a news anchor. There's a part where they cut to her speaking and she's like, many people lost their lives. What could this possibly be? The police have nothing to say right now. Can I get a little oomph? You're talking about a disaster. <laughs> this is like this is probably the scoop of the century. Right. And she could not be give bothered. Give a single shit. She does not give a fuck. She said, I, this was going to be my day off, but I guess, I guess I'm here. I guess I'll talk mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breaking news just reaching us now. Tragedy at a Halloween haunted house in Abaddon. To this day, I can't give you an answer to that question. Well, Hell House was a real tragedy on many levels. From what we're hearing, the opening night of this haunted house tour ended in disaster. Multiple deaths from police aren't answering any of our questions. 
We're not sure if anybody from the company has made it out alive as of right now. Shaken tour goers appear to not really know what was going on either. I've been waiting all along for about five minutes now, and I mean, I just see all these bunch of people coming out. I'm like, dude, where do I go? No, we have no idea. Still don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange how well. No, no, I can't excuse it. No, <laughs> because that's breaking news. The the news report that they're using within this documentary is from that night. It's yeah, from that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that's the thing is this movie is set up documentary style, where the first about fifteen minutes is is like pulled clips from what happened in the past mixed with interviews. And then we get into the footage from the people that were involved in the situation. Right. And it kind of reminds me of the Poughkeepsie tapes in that way. Mm -hmm. It took me a minute. At first, I didn't love that. I didn't love the documentary style because once we met the group, I almost wished we had jumped into the group because the same issue that I had with the Poughkeepsie tapes is A, the tapes were what was the most interesting part of that movie, not necessarily the interviews. And for me in this one, it's kind of a similar thing. I think the group footage is the most dynamic and interesting part of this. But also B, is it's very, very hard to just act like a person. And when you're telling people to sit down and pretend they're just people and they're being interviewed, people act weird. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the same thing that I had with that one is people just don't act like people because they're thinking about it. And so some of these interviews, I are even with the news anchor person. It just felt very, this is what we're doing for a movie. Mm -hmm. It got better, though. I actually started to enjoy it at more as the movie went on and they started cutting to them. I liked it a lot more. And I did like the YouTube footage. Of it too. Yeah, when they were like, this is a YouTube video we found. This is a call that we, a 911 call. I loved all those little bits. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when they first cut to that author guy <laughs> and he was like, you want to know what happened that night? Nobody knows. Nobody will know. And nobody ever will. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Dramatic much. The drama. <laughs> well, yeah, this movie plays out a lot like the murder mystery documentaries that you'd watch late at night on Netflix, mm -hmm. which I, I liked. I, I, I really enjoyed. I also watched this movie late at night around the same time you would typically watch a murder mystery documentary. Uh, so the opening... Although I agree with you, probably on a second viewing of this, I would roll my eyes at the acting a little bit. Uh, for my first initial watch, which this was my first watch of this film, I did not know about mm -hmm. Hell House until today or until we watched it. Um, I, I liked it. I think that it definitely put me in the mood. It made me curious. Um, I liked the I liked their take on the found footage genre even just from the beginning, because we're getting this mixed media in a way. It's not just strictly one kind of found footage. We're using like several different kinds. Like typically in found footage movies, you'd have like some somebody's recording it and then we follow that one person for the whole movie. Or it is based off like a mockumentary or based off of new stuff. So we're getting just strictly like clips that people have submitted or blah, 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 blah. This movie kind of takes all of them and smashes them all together. It makes it really feel like an, an investigation, 
And that was fun for me because as someone who didn't know what the hell happened at Hell House, I was along for the mystery. I wanted to solve it. I wanted to try and figure out what was going on. So I do think that starting the movie the way that they did was helpful in building up hype because I was hype because I wanted to know. I was like, what the hell happened on October 8th? Y'all have set it up. You have given me the perfect amount to make me curious, but not to tell me anything. And that alone has motivated me to watch the movie. And I agree with that. I think that they are were clever in the sequence as well for the first 15 mm. minutes because it starts off with us following Diane. That's something that actually happens later. And then we cut back to the police and then we watch the YouTube video, which makes a lot more sense as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. And I like those. I, I, I enjoy when movies do that, that mixed time where yeah, like something, yeah, the sequence is off. And so as the movie unfolds, you realize where everything falls into place. I like that. And I think it actually is very effective in a movie like this, where there are a lot of times that we don't understand or don't know what's going on, much like the people of Abaddon who are still questioning what happened on this night. I think that that worked to the movie's benefit to keep the viewer invested until the end similarly to yeah watching a netflix true crime drama where they leave the most important bits until like the very last episode so that you will stay and finish it out Mm -hmm. so yeah i i enjoyed that i when we get to sarah and get to the tapes I was really, though, just struck by how I thought that the acting of the core group was great. I Mm -hmm. thought that they were supernatural, very realistic. I believed that they were all people who hung out together regularly. And so I think maybe that's why initially I was like, oh, this is what we should have started with because I like them. But by the first time that we cut back to an interview after watching those tapes, I was like, nah, nah, I like it. They were smart mm-hmm. to do it the way that they did. Cause now I'm now everything is like falling into place in a better, or, or I guess a, a, a funner way for me than if it was just them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, this is basically set up the movie, right? Where we get an hour of setup um, with little hints yeah. of what it's going to lead to. But it's really just like putting all the pieces together and then you get that final cathartic explosion where you get to see everything that happens at the end. That's that's the whole premise of this. Um, And yeah, I think they do a good job by one playing with the passage of time, mixing in various kinds of media, because it it is, like we said before, giving you little bits and pieces to finish this larger puzzle that you don't have the grand picture for yet. And for the most part, I enjoyed the ride. And I think with the interviews outside of the main core group, what I liked about them is although the acting may or may not have been shoddy, it didn't really matter to me mm-hmm. because I was strictly using anytime we cut away from the core group as just like an information siphon. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I don't really care who you are or like what your attachment to this is. All I want from you is the information to get me closer to what happened on October 8th. That's mm-hmm. that's like all I want. So it's like, 
even if they were kind of like a kooky character or if they weren't like a believable human being, it didn't bother me too much yes. as long as they were giving me some juicy information to keep the story yeah, going. Yeah, give us the, the gossip, the tea, <laughs> and I'll give you a pass. Mm -hmm. When I was watching this, I realized, and this is not like a, a criticism or anything, it's just something that I realized. Fan footage movies like this, where there's like a group going to do something, always have one girl. It's always majority guys and then just a single girl. Hmm. Pit Blair Witch was one girl. Mm -hmm. Grave Encounters is one girl. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen the movie The House is October Built. One mm -hmm. girl. No, I have not seen that one yet. What's up with that? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> well, the girls always running solo. Well, I mean, nine out of ten times because they're written to be the final girl, I think. And also, most of the found footage ones are typically written by guys who I think of that list, most of yeah. them are written by dudes, right? Probably. So I would assume that may also play a role in there, but I agree, <laughs> it's weird. I it's never noticed that until you pointed it out, but it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it's funny because I never noticed it until this movie. Right. And I think it's because Sarah, Sarah's little side plot within the house Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was necessary. The way that they made it where she was kind of getting possessed in some way, mm -hmm. I, I thought they could have cut that whole thing out. But it felt like they were just trying to give her more ways to be involved. Around? Yeah. yeah. Other than I think, just potentially be the final girl? Yeah, then to be that. Because I, I, I think having her as just the survivor, we think, for a while, and just having her also dealing with these situations and being the only girl within a house full of guys, and really her only association to this situation is Alex. Like, that's the only reason she even stays. She doesn't even really want to be there. She's mm -hmm. there because Alex wants to do this. Yeah. Which very quickly missed me with that idea that I'm going to stay in the haunted house that we're renovating. You must you. be out your damn mind. Like, bitch, please. Not your dusty, crusty self without a ring. Nope. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you when you get home. Like, I know we got some money in the bank. You can't shell out for a hotel, like an actual hotel. I'd rather sleep in the car. <laughs> they didn't sleep in there. They were they were smooth tripping when they said we're gonna stay. Let's stay here, and it seemed like that was something that they decided once they got there. That was. Yeah. It didn't seem like that had been the plan. That's almost the most unrealistic part about this movie is them <laughs> agreeing to stay there overnight. Stay there and throw their beds into just these rooms that have not shit in them. They they they're just bare ass rooms. That they mm -hmm. throw mattresses in. Right. Because not only, I'm going to assume this place has mold, ticks, fleas, termites, asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to be breathing here all night. <laughs> like, that, that plot point was ridiculous to me. And then it's not ridiculous, actually, that they finish the haunted house to me. But I was always impressed every time that we did a time skip to how much work they had gotten done mm -hmm. on renovating this place. Because the place does truly go from like a full-on disaster hit the hit this spot to, oh yeah, no, we just 
And we dusted off a couple walls. It's brand spanking new. Yeah. Like, Hold on. Wait a minute. That's all they're doing. They're taught is none of them have anywhere else they need to go. They specific, this is the business that they run is what they right, say right, in the movie. So I guess all what there's six of them or five, 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 five of them. And all they do is just work on that haunted house. But then they keep making it seem like Paul's not doing anything. So really, mm-hmm. it should only be like four of them. And then it seems like I think Tony or I can't remember if it was Tony or Mac, but between the two of them, uh, one of them was in charge of like electricity and the camera. That was Tony. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So then you have Tony, who's basically the electrician, which then just leaves three people Mm -hmm. to clean and prep this entire house. And I, I hear you. It's their job. I feel that. But it's still three people yeah and this this is a big house this is not a small house yeah this is this place is huge it's there's an a top floor there's an attic there and to, and i guess the, technically the top floor and the attic are part of the haunted house but i mm-hmm. would assume that they would clean up the top floor since they're going to be sleeping there as well right. so that was also involved because i'm like the way i sleep with my mouth open it has to be clean there at least needs to be no dust on the walls because i'm just sucking <laughs> that shit in. but like i they at least had to involve that in the cleaning aspect of it but then mm-hmm. you have the whole main floor and the basement the main mm-hmm. floor is big as fuck i it as the movie went on the more they traversed that main floor the more i realized how big it was and there was like false walls and all these yeah. hallways and the kitchen and the bar and all this stuff it seemed like the basement they kind of left it as is it didn't seem like they did shit to the basement but that yeah. middle floor at least they were they were they're were they busting and, it out yeah and they granted they had several weeks to work on this so like realistically yeah you could totally like renovate a space within this period of time it's just what tripped me out was the number of people working on this job. Because yeah. I feel like in real world application here, you would hire in more people to come assist you to renovate this place. And then you'd have them leave once all the like scare actors and stuff came through. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I just like not seeing anyone else working on this and just knowing that it was the core group. I was like, damn, y'all some hard ass workers because yeah. this was a, this was a fixer upper for sure. And I guess according to plot, y'all did it. Yeah, so congratulations. You guys made, like a show on HGTV, like <laughs> flip this Flipping haunted yeah. houses. Because yeah, they're moving quick as lightning. And they only have three actors. Mm-hmm. And the actors aren't helping them. They're just no. there to be there for the day, but they're not helping Which them. Also understood. I do the same. I wouldn't lift a finger. Oh, are you kidding me? Heck no. <laughs> I wouldn't even go there. I'd be like, can we have a rehearsal somewhere else? <laughs> like, do we need to be on site do for the rehearsal? I have to be. I'd be very much like Melissa in the sense where I'm like, is this okay? Are okay. we good? Can I go? Because I'm not loving chilling on the couch here at this mm-hmm. place. But um, one final thing about their cleanup situation is I do enjoy that they don't show us too much of what they actually do to the haunted house because it's kind of fun to explore and discover that stuff as the movie goes on because then it also makes you kind of question as the viewer what is there, Mm -hmm. what's meant to be there, and what's different. Um, 
similarly to Paul's point of view, he he does that often throughout the movie. And I do think it is because he didn't help them put it together quite as much. But yeah, I thought that was fun. And and it's kind of cool too having like a group of characters that are horror lovers and really into it. And so you kind of get to get into their mindset of what they think is spooky, which is which is cool. But anyways, back to Sarah. I don't understand the point of her having these moments where it feels like she's possessed, but then she's not. She's mm-hmm. she's fine. Really, Paul is more kind of going down that path than anything else. I think that to me felt the most pulled from another movie, like having her sit there and staring at the religious statue and then they find her and she's speaking in tongues tongues or something and and it didn't really fit the rest of the movie and what her character was seeming to be i would have preferred if she was just more of a pairing with paul because she besides him was also another person who was pretty freaked out by the house and mm-hmm. I would have almost preferred if she had been a little bit more involved in those nights where he was going around and like trying to see what was going on rather than Mac because Mac is the skeptic. Mac is the skeptic. Gonna... Yeah. He, yeah. he, every time something happens, he, the next morning, it's, he has some kind of a reasoning for it. So having Mac be that person didn't really do too much for me because I was, I mean, we find out later kind of why Mac is brushing things off as well. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that he should have, if that was going to be the case, I don't think he should have been the guy every single time going with Paul and having these moments. I think that it should have been Sarah and then have her have more of an internal struggle about whether she should stay or not. um, Mm -hmm. Rather than these like nights of possession. Where, where the fuck was Alex? They sleep together every night. You didn't know your girlfriend was downstairs babbling into the walls. (laughs) Why are you the most sound sleeper in the world? (laughs) Well, see the possession thing though, although agreed it's pulled from other places. I do think they spread it out a little bit. Like she, she does take a brunt of it. We see before, I mean, until we get the Paul section, uh, but we also see moments of possession from, like, Alex as well, I think, in, like, a smaller fashion. Uh, so it it did seem like a tool that they were using. They, they were using on multiple people and not just Sarah for me. Really? But okay. yeah, yeah, because, like, at least with Alex, I think you can see it t- closer to the end. Like, when we're seeing Alex, like, on opening night and stuff like that, he looks... Like something's wrong. And granted, we don't get to see a lot of Alex throughout the day. Like, I don't think we're really following Alex around that much. Um, So I do think there is room there to uh, maybe imagine that he also was dealing with similar possession stuff as Sarah. Or maybe other people were dealing with possession stuff, too, that we just didn't see. Because we are kind of limited to the one POV of the camera at any point in time, right? So... Wherever we're at is what we're seeing. Alex Allwell could have been fucking floating on the walls in his room all night, and we just didn't see it because we were busy downstairs with Sarah babbling into the wall. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what Alex was doing upstairs while she wasn't there. 
Um, same thing with the uh, Paul stuff. Once he starts getting weird, right? We establish that he starts getting weird, but then he kind of becomes this. He kind of he kind of just becomes this thing to look out for because we don't necessarily just follow Paul once he starts getting weird. It's just like, Paul's weird now. Okay, we're going to continue on making this haunted house. We're going to continue on with the job. But we've all established that Paul's acting weird, right? Okay, cool. Moving on, though. That's, that's kind of how I feel like the movie treated it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Sarah's possession as well. Yeah, I guess the thing, though, with Paul is, like, we know what's going on with Paul. We know. Fair. Like, yeah. we know that he is possessed. Like, he's been mm-hmm. fucked yeah <laughs> so like we're aware of that and then like i guess with sarah it didn't really lead to much for me because any other movie that that happened in she would have been the one possessed she would have yeah. been doing something by the end but that's not the case in this one which maybe they were trying to subvert that where you think that it's going to be sarah but it's paul maybe that right. was what they were doing but i guess i just felt like for her character and for her to be there, it just felt more like they were trying to give her something to do, which isn't totally necessary because in the end, we find out something really cool about her. Not cool. Mm-hmm. I said that like she's like a magician or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's dead. It's not great <laughs> for her. <laughs> but um, we do find out something that kind of gives her character and the things that happened to her more more purpose and and some deeper meaning. But yeah, I guess those moments to me were just so far few and in between. And if they were going to have that happening to other characters, I would have liked to see it a little bit more than implications. Because to me, Mm -hmm. Alex is just an asshole. He looks shitty on the last day because he ain't been sleeping because everything's all the way (laughs) fucked up. That was what I was thinking. I was like, oh, so the karma's catching up to you now. (laughs) That's why you got those bags. Yeah, but. Deadline's coming around. You ain't looking so good no more. That's why you're looking a little Skeletor-esque because <laughs> you haven't been sleeping, I'm sure. Um, because, uh, yeah, everything's going wrong. And also you're down a person now mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, I, I know I'm, like, fighting for the other side here, but I do hear you with, like, the... Especially talking... If we're going to talk about specific scenes, mm-hmm. the scene where she's talking to the statue and all that stuff, I thought that that was just unnecessary. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, that was that wasn't needed like she had already had an instance of acting weird where it's like i think that established enough right yeah yeah we do and then and then we get to opening night and sarah's back to normal back to normal she's herself yeah mm-hmm. she's totally totally fine besides being freaked out by yeah. what's going on but, but um oh go ahead well i just wanted to, i wanted to ask you a quick question about paul super quick before we mm-hmm. moved on um and maybe it's just me maybe i'm thinking too much about it uh but why did paul never close his door like any night that he ever yeah. slept ever. And I, I get, you know what? I I wondered that too. But at the same time, I don't know if I would. Because closing your door is closing yourself off to your friends. So like. It's also closing yourself off to the rest of this haunted ass house. Well, yeah. Though. But at the same time. Yeah, no, I it, It's like, <laughs> no, I it's, it's a fight for both sides. It's like, is it better for me to close my door? And not have to worry about something creepily popping up or walking in. Or do I leave my door open so I can hear if anything's popping off and so I can like run out to my friends? Mm -hmm. Because 
as we see later, having his door open don't really help him <laughs> in in the in the grander scheme of things. But I or having, I having I, it closed or open? Having it open oh, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't have well, yeah, having it open doesn't end up helping him. So mm-hmm. at the, but at the same time it's like having it closed wouldn't have helped Probably him wouldn't either. Have helped yeah. He, they, I think his his fate was or his fate his fate was sealed uh, fairly early on, unfortunately for Paul. <laughs> yeah, we do find out later on that doors do not, in fact, mean shit. But still, I did think that. Oh yeah. Uh, especially after uh, Homegirl was just watching him in his sleep. Now, yes, he thought it was Sarah for a second, mm-hmm. but look, it could be a movie thing, and it could again just be me. But if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can't see shit. Mm-hmm. But I see somebody at the fucking door just standing there looking at me. I think it's somebody and I call their name. Sarah, is that you? And they do not respond to me. I enter survival mode. It is panic yeah. time. I do not let that person just slowly oh, drift okay. off into the hallway. Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> and I guess for them, for their friend group, it does seem like they quite often mess with each other and i'm sure they're all into spooky stuff and so maybe for him he's like ah that's that's sarah being weird again (laughs) but yeah if it was me even if i thought it was my friend and i woke up and and also that is so not sarah's silhouette right where did that volume just come out of nowhere from <laughs> i was like that is not sa- that looks like the silhouette of um like the max character from the princess bride that Billy- <laughs> <laughs> more than sarah who is that and that is like a hag silhouette but yeah he and there's like an ominous red light in the hall at all times, which I also wouldn't have loved if I mm-hmm. had my door cracked open. From a, but yeah, even from if a I movie thought it was standpoint, my... it's pretty cool. Oh, it looked, but it from looked a, great. Yeah. But from a living standpoint, fuck that. Not the vibes. But yeah, it even if I thought it was my friend, I would probably been pretty freaked out. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what Paul Paul was really going through it in this movie. I I feel for the guy. I don't think he really knew what to do. Um, But I will say, I know I've been like picking at a couple of things so far, but I will say the majority of this movie, I enjoy from like all the stuff in the haunted house, them figuring things out, the scares. I liked all of that. Mm hmm. I thought that that was great. I thought that they had some awesome scare moments. Yeah. It, particularly all the stuff with the clown. Mm-hmm. They set themselves up really great there with just a creepy image, a creepy mask, and a creepy idea. The clown just popping up out of nowhere every so once in a while and switching between being totally still and, and moving around was crazy effective. And and clowns are nothing new in the horror genre, but I think that they did a great job making this clown to me. This clown like it felt totally different than what I had seen already. It felt really fresh, and I enjoyed that. And I'll even say, at first, I thought it was really silly, but I loved the payoff of the hallway scene where they're testing the strobe lights. Yeah. And he realizes that there's like an extra person that keeps disappearing and reappearing again. Mm-hmm. And 
they did the thing that we wanted them to do. They watched the footage back. I was like, thank, thank God. you. <laughs> and they mention it a couple times throughout the movie. They say, I have it on camera if you want to see it. Like, I yeah. was like, thank you. It's about time. And, you know, found footage movies did, I think, as time goes on, start doing this a little bit more. Yeah. So thankfully, this movie also took note of that and had characters who were privy to the knowledge that if something weird happened and they were recording it, they can very quickly just go watch it and see. What I didn't like is how clearly weird the shit on camera was and how Alex, Alex and Max were just like, oh, this is fine. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, that was, that really was upsetting. The thing about that whole situation that kind of irritated me was there has to be skeptic. There has to be. It's just yeah, kind of, of the course. nature of the genre. And I almost understood more why Mac was a skeptic, more so than why Alex was, particularly when stuff started happening to Sarah. So later on, Tony is sick of it. He's sick of it. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm gone. Bye. You'll never see me again. Kind of a thing. <laughs> His head doesn't fucking turn. And it turned last night when we were down here. Along with these two as well. Oh, you know, yeah, we're, we're shutting down. Not it's not safe anymore. I'll tell you what I can't explain. It's how scared you are right now. Yeah, I'm fucking Paul's scared. Back, right? Isn't that good? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul's back. He's technically back, but he hasn't said a fucking word since he's been here. He just fucking sits there. Which pretty much makes him as useless as he always was before. Okay, fuck you, Mac. Fuck you. You were fucking down here. What do you you were down here. You saw what fucking happened. And now you're gonna make a fucking joke right now to Alex, your fucking best bud? Fuck you, man. Explain to me right now how that fucking head turned. I haven't figured that part out. You haven't fucking figured it out. No shit, you haven't figured it out. There's nothing to figure out. It can't fucking turn, Honey, we but don't it did. have time for this. It's fucking opening night tomorrow. I don't fucking care, okay? I'm out. All right, you're quitting. That's what this is. I'm quitting, yeah. Quitting. Yeah, write it down in your stupid fucking book sure that I'm fucking quitting. All right. And then we cut to Mac telling Tony he can't leave, but they cut the camera. And when we come back, Tony is sitting in the middle of a grassy field with the sunlight <laughs> bathing his back, looking pensively <laughs> off into the distance. And him and Mac have this half-truth conversation, and it really frustrates me because yep. I that is something... There are many things within films that I think you can allow your audience to infer. But this is something that I feel like we need to know. Why can't Tony leave? Why can't he not leave? I feel like that's a very important aspect of these types of films. You need to have a reason. We get it. Yeah. Obviously, there's something going on with Alex. What I'm assuming is either they're broke, they have no money to pay them or maybe this was like a last ditch maybe their last thing didn't haunt didn't do as well as alex said and so this is kind of like something he needs to pull money in or mm -hmm. they're not meant to be at the hotel maybe they didn't get that permit they were supposed to get maybe this is kind of like illegal and they need to go through with it like that was the two things that i inferred from just what was going on 
And maybe that's something I know there's like two sequels to this movie. So maybe that's something that mm-hmm. they bring up in a later movie. But don't do that because you don't know if I'm going to see a later movie. I want to yeah. know by the end of this one, why can't Tony leave after what just happened was so big, so huge for Tony. It was fucking scary. And he yeah. believes in ghosts like he is petrified out of his mind. Paul came back a shell of a person and he's not going to leave. What happened? <laughs> I need to know what happened. I think that out of most of the things, I just felt like that was after getting so much, we get everything else answered. And for that one thing not to be answered just was not, I did not appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think you are completely in the right here. Uh, what's funny is I think the the field scene is probably one of the prettiest shots and scenes in this movie. And I think because of what it does, it's also one of the worst scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking tell us if you're like if you're going to skate around it that much, especially like Erica said, if the characters need a reason to stay in a location, you have to tell it. Yeah. You cannot... You cannot just be like, look, there is a reason. We're not telling you the reason, but there is a reason. Just believe us. There's a reason why this character, who all well could stay alive from this point on, is going to return to their place of demise. We have to know. Yeah. Like, we absolutely have to know. We need and to know. yes, this movie is part of a three parts is a three part trilogy. Um, I did not know that going into watching this movie. And I did not know that until actually after watching the movie. So I wasn't even aware that there were sequels until finishing the movie. And for that reason, that scene pissed me off just as much. (laughs) Because I was like, how dare you? Yeah. We didn't need to cut. I don't quite understand the point of us cutting and not hearing the truth. And then for them to come back. If that was the case, we shouldn't have even had that scene in the field. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to me that, does anybody else know? No, nobody else knows. I guess I'll stay. I can't believe Alex. Oh, what? (laughs) What do you can't believe? What did he do? Did he kill somebody? Tell me. (laughs) For me, it was like the feeling of them finding that field, seeing where the sun (laughs) was in the sky, and just looking at each other and being like, yo, we could probably get a dope fucking shot here. And then the way Mac like walks into frame and does the does the little middle school football <laughs> take a knee to have the conversation. Hey, be like, All right, we gotta talk. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <we> could've, <laughs> like, look, the scene, the scenes, the scene's cute. It's pretty. Cut that shit. We did. We did not need it, especially yeah. not there, and especially not after what immediately just happened, though. Yeah. Because it was redundant. Like we had we had Tony being pissed as fuck and then we had him say I'm I'm leaving and we had even just a snippet of information like look look wait you can't leave I gotta tell you something and then it cuts right just cut back to him being like I'm not leaving and we're just still at the house yeah he's told him whatever he needed to tell him we didn't get to see it which sucks but at least I don't have to sit there trying to figure out well what is this thing that we can't just openly say while no one is around And I can just accept the fact that, okay, there is some information that a character got 
while I wasn't yeah, around that, that I'm just it. not going to have. Yeah. I'm completely okay with that. Don't sit in my face giggling and whispering and telling secrets. It feels like when your friends have an inside joke and they refuse to let you in on it and they keep going back <laughs> and forth. It's it's irritating because yeah. it's like, don't, don't play around in front of my face. I'm trying to... <laughs> I be a bigger person. I'm trying to be uh -huh. Ray Charles for the bullshit, but you're playing in my face. That's what pisses me <laughs> off about it. They sat there and allowed that scene to go on. And then it immediately cuts and we don't find anything out. And not only that, Tony apologizes to Alex. To Alex? <laughs> Alex doesn't give a fuck about you guys. That's what had me throw. That's why I was like, what is going on? Because yeah. Tony apologizes to him and everything runs. They continue to run everything smoothly. Tony's willing to lie to the actors and he still is trying to get Paul up despite knowing that obviously something is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is must be huge. And and if and maybe I just need to watch the the additional ones to figure it out. But like, don't don't do that. Don't do that. They, so I watched, we're not going to go too much into it because we are sticking to the original movie here, but I did watch the second one. I have not watched the third one yet. And they do touch on that specific plot point in the second one gotcha. a little bit, but not to any degree that for me. Atones what they did in the first yes, one. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It, it doesn't, even watching the sequel and getting more information about that scenario it didn't make that scene any better. Like okay. I still, after watching the second film, fully believe that they could have just cut the the field scene mm -hmm. and we would have been completely fine. Like it just doesn't serve any purpose other than to tell you that you don't know something. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you by the end of the movie. That's all it does. I think that, yeah, that just irritates your audience. Yeah. Um, but, and, though, oh, go ahead. No, no go, go for it. Go no, for I was going to say, but I will say the scene leading into that, that sets Tony off, loved that. Amazing. I thought that was such Amazing. A, maybe that's also why it just, I, I paid more attention to that is because that whole sequence leading up to it, and that's what I mean. All of these scarce, they did a an awesome job on all of these scare sequences and everything that they do to instill fear into our characters. I think they did well because it's mm -hmm. enough where it's obviously something is going wrong. Obviously, we're being played here, but it's also not too much where you're like, Okay, you guys just literally almost died. Like it almost it it does. Although Mac is completely off, he's obviously making excuses and he's being really shitty. Is it wild to think that you're being pranked? No, because I think that there are subtle scares enough where you could say, okay, someone could do that. Someone could be moving this clown around. But mm -hmm. even if that was the case, you have to say, well, I think where Paul and Tony are coming from is. Even if that is the case, that means that there is somebody else here because it's not us. So yeah. either there's someone else here or like it's ghosts. And and I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say and to be afraid of, because even if it is like another person there, that's still scary. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that they do a great job with having some subtle moments and subtle scares and but enough stuff where if you are 
more prone to being scared at Tony as Tony and Paul are. Dude, yeah, I would want to go. I would want to leave so fast. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't even be a question. So I thought that that was an awesome thing. And I honestly was surprised that they brought Paul back. That was something that I wasn't expecting. Like, yeah. I thought he was going to be gone for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I thought he was going to be gone for the rest. So that surprised. I was shocked when he came back. And that was another mm-hmm. thing where I was like, okay, now Max definitely not going to believe that. This isn't a prank because Paul is just chilling here in the basement. Where you been, buddy? You've been gone all day. Like, so <laughs> I I actually thought that that was very clever. But I also like Tony had it. He had all he needed to leave. And so yeah. I was like, yes, Tony, you're my favorite care. Oh, oh, never mind. You stayed. And now. One thing that was awesome, I think, about the scares, and you touched on it too, is just how subtle and small a lot of them were, but how effective they ended up being. Um, I think mostly because of our setting here, yeah. uh, having everything take place in a haunted house is awesome because everything is a potential scare, right? This is a den of scares. You're supposed to be scared while you are here. And what that ultimately does for our characters who are supposed to be behind the veil of that is now they can't turn a corner without a potential scare being there. And even if it is there, you then have to have that second little bit of knowledge of, okay, is that one of our scares or is that a scare that wasn't there before? And watching that happen over and over was so much fun. And I loved it because Whatever is messing with this group is having a good time while it's doing <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, the, I mean, the thing that sets Tony off right is the heads, right? They, we mm-hmm. establish very on in the movie. We have a lot of mannequins around the house because we don't have a lot of actors. And one of the issues they have with these mannequins is they're not very mobile. Like, you can't really, like, move their parts too much and you can't really move them too much, right? So at some point, they're in the basement, they're looking for stuff, and Tony sees every single one of the clown heads in the basement all turn. And of course, he's like, fuck that noise. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. But that's such a simple scare when you think about it. It's these clowns are not looking one way. When you look at them, you turn away, you look back, and now they're looking at you. It's not a brand new scare. It's not something that we've never seen before. But in the context of this movie, it just works really well. Because you said this earlier, and I fully believe it, is you cannot scare the people in this in this lead up to the event too much because they have to stay there till the eight. Yeah. So it's like you want to up your scares as the movie goes on. You have to. Every scare has to get a little bit better. It has to get a little bit more intense, but it still has to cap off somewhere so that these characters don't leave before we get the payoff for what happens on the eighth. And I think that they did a really good job of that. I think mm-hmm. they manage those scares in just a way that things do escalate, but never so much that I think anyone other than Tony will want to leave, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can tell that, well, first of all, going off of what you said a little bit, I do like that a lot of the scares, like you said, they, they're callbacks. 
two things because even the thing with the piano and like Paul is consistently like fucking with that dummy at the piano. And then that's mm-hmm. something that happens later. And then this whole buildup of like, oh yeah, we've got Joey in the basement and he's going to be there to get you out. And then like how that pays off later. I love all of that. I love that everything comes back around. It's a, it feels complete. This journey yeah. feels complete to me. Um, so I don't know if they needed to make any more because this one's so complete, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you do have yeah you've you've set this you've set up this place where everything there is meant to be scary, is meant to be creepy. And you have to almost wonder, like, is my mind playing tricks on me? Or am I am I just additionally scared because I'm in a scary location and there's all this stuff around? Or is something really, really strange going on here? And I think another thing that I liked about it is, like, I do think it was smart to have one character that got the brunt of it and then disappeared. And yeah. then when they came back, they were not able to speak or say anything or yeah. give any kind of a heads up. Because then you are able to up the scares to a maximum while still keeping the movie going. Yeah. Because it, it, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because Paul, Paul also would have left. Like, both, yeah, yeah. Paul and Tony were the two that would have 100% left. So, giving Paul a little bit of possession motivation to stay there was a great idea because it allows like, I mean, we don't establish that he's possessed, but he's fucking possessed. Um, And so, yeah, you're, you're completely right there where if it wasn't for those choices, I think we would then question like, why Paul, why are you still here, bro? What are you doing here? And I think too, and they mentioned this earlier is that everybody has a different loyalty to Alex some mm-hmm. reason why they want to stay. Mm-hmm. And I do think Paul was reaching his peak of being like, I'm probably going to be dipping out here fairly soon. But one thing we do know is Paul and Tony are employed. They're the only ones there that are employed by Alex. Mm-hmm. And I think we mentioned this before where when you throw money into the, Oh, yeah, on Creep. When you yeah. throw money into the mix. You'll sit through some shit. Things get a little bit different. Yeah, you you might be able to, you might say like, I just need to get through this. And I'm going to be getting paid kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do think that was smart because they, Tony and Paul are willing to stand up to Alex in a way that Mac and Sarah aren't willing to because they are not in this only for love. Like they're not like, (laughs) we're here for you. While Mac and Sarah are connected to him emotionally, Paul and Tony are there. Yes, they're friends with them now, but they're there because they work for him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a good way to kind of split up the characters. And so you do kind of understand why some people are a little bit more lenient on Alex. And then some other people are a little bit more like, hey, dude, what are we, do- what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, although there are many times that I think the character, specifically Mac, is are being a little although i understand him as a character and why he doesn't necessarily believe what is going on i will say this again because i still think it's true i think he's involved in too many of the scare moments to continue to be the way that he is whereas alex is heart is involved in none of them until the final night so like 
I think he would easily brush off anything. Mm-hmm. Mac, on the other hand, I just think he's in it way too much. He's all up in the recipe. Yeah, he's too much me. of a ride or die. Yeah, for him to then say like, oh, no, 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 I don't believe it. I That's why I feel like he should have been switched out with Sarah. Um, I could. Because, yeah, I'm like, Mac... Come on Come now. On, you man. saw you... that clown teleporting. <laughs> Ain't no way you think that that is not happening. And I think that especially because then the next thing that happens, the next time we see him, oh, he's dismissing it so hard. And that's another thing. If I knew what Max and Alex's secret was, maybe I would give him a pass. But I mm-hmm. don't, Mac. So you ain't shit for that <laughs> until you tell me the truth. <laughs> and I did want to mention, too, since you brought up Creep again, um, another found footage aspect that I liked about this movie is, for the most part, except, honestly, the field scene, I think the way the camera moves... <laughs> And who is holding the camera for a found footage movie makes a ton of sense. And I love that. It wasn't a distraction ever. It's like Paul has the camera for a majority of the time. Once Paul disappears, somebody grabs the camera as light to go look for Paul. And then when Paul is no longer capable of using the camera, clearly someone else will use the camera later on on the actual night. We get security cam footage when you're doing interview, like, Whatever the camera is for the found footage always made sense, minus the field scene. And yeah. so, <laughs> and like, what? Why are you filming yourself, Tony? <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> if we can't, if we can't hear the conversation on camera, why are you filming yourself having the cover? You Did you know Mac was coming? Like, you know he's gonna meet you in the field. Like, <laughs> what um, in the Bridgerton? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it don't make no sense. But all right, let's talk about let's talk about October 8th. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the night, the the big night that this is all leading up to. Yes. Um how are we feeling? Did we did it work? It mostly worked. Okay. Okay. It mostly worked. I I I actually think that's very fair, but elaborate. <laughs> I think that this Oh, man, there was a whole shebang. There's a whole to do about October 8th. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I'm in, I'm in bed. I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, it's about to be. I'm about to we, see it all. We have I'm, sat for an hour and yes. like 15 minutes just to see what for happens hype, on October the, 8th. The buildup. And, and we get there. And I'm like, oh, snap. We're about to see it. Mm. And then we see... A replay of the YouTube video that we've already seen in the mm-hmm. beginning. What? Although I didn't it, mind, I'll throw that. I in. I didn't mind because we get to see those little bits and bobs that I mentioned before make a lot more sense now that we have the full picture. Yeah, we had and like we... a zoned-in picture before, but now that we have everything in place, some of the events that happened earlier make sense. Mm. And I like I did like that we had that video along with the real-time action video um, happening in tandem Mm -hmm. because, like, yeah, then it fills in those blanks in the video that we got at the original where it's like, they'd be here and then they'd be there. And it's like, what happened in between that spot? We get to see that because we're reenacting everything. So it worked in that regard, but continue. It worked in that regard, however. it If we're going to see that video again, I want double the amount of extra video. I want to see a lot more of what is happening because 
we go down into the basement. Oh, we're in the basement. We're finally there. <laughs> Got a the ticket place. to the we show. We talked about this basement yes. all movie. This is the place where shit goes down. This is the place to be. This is the place where we've been waiting to go on October 8th. We get down there and they do the thing that I hate and I get it. Budgetary reasons. They probably didn't get to show everything that they wanted to show. They do the glitchy thing where they keep glitching the cameras out. And so you're seeing like not everything that you want to see. And it was frustrating to me only because I don't think that that was necessary, even for budgetary reasons, because I all I wanted to see was just like what's happening. Like, okay, there's people coming out. There's cult members coming out or Satanists or whatever they are. They're coming out and they're showing up and showing out. Okay, cool. Let me see them. Are they dragging people somewhere? Are they pulling people? Are they grabbing people? Like, let me let me get to see a little bit more of that because mm-hmm. that alone is creepy. I don't think you need to add any like zhuzh to it. I just want to be able to maybe see them a little bit clearer and see what they're doing to people a little bit more. Because I want to know why these people, I get there is a bottleneck on the stairs, but I do want to see why so many people weren't able to at least attempt to exit or something. And then, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because there is a moment, even in the beginning of the movie, when we see the footage originally, there's a moment where before people are mass panicking, where they're just there. Yeah. looking at something happen and that's the part that we don't get to see at the beginning of the movies like we don't get to see what they're looking at mm-hmm. but they're paused on that on that stairway for a second as something's happening and then people start running so it's like yeah. that thing that's what we want we want that yeah. thing and so then we then we go back and and it's uh mac mac has a, a camera on his head mm-hmm. so we kind of get to see from mac's perspective that's what was missing for me. I wanted to see more of what our main characters, what was happening to them. Like, I yeah. want to see more of Mac kind of clocking in on what's going on and him maybe trying to find an exit because we see that he's not able to exit. I want to see him looking for one more. Uh, Tony, we don't even get to see. Tony just goes into the basement. He's gone. We yeah. don't get to see Tony at all. Then they get upstairs. Alex is already dying. Like, I, mm-hmm. it just everything <laughs> just feels like it's happening so, so fast. And for waiting so long for the payoff, I would have liked to see... Uh, just a little bit more of them freaking out rather than, you know, the majority of the time seeing the customers freaking out. And then when we hop back to our main characters, like 75% of them are already dead. And yeah. it's like, what happened <laughs> here? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with you. And I felt similarly as you started. And I still feel similarly now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. The eighth is kind yeah. of a bummer. Not going to lie. It, because there, this movie, like we said earlier, builds up so much hype. There is so much hype to get into this point. And it's and well then, done hype. Yeah. And then... When we get there, and even with the new information that we get and the new things that we see and everything that happens once we get to the finale, we still don't really know shit. Like, mm-hmm. n- like nothing 
in the grand scheme of things, really felt like it changed. And for me, I think the biggest issue comes a lot with like the deaths, uh, because when we don't get to see a lot of them, which, like Erica said, could be a budget thing. That's fair and fine. I I do understand that in found footage films is much easier to kill people off camera and let other people's imaginations take control. That is completely fine. Um, but what irked me about this one is there was this consistent like threat of, of danger or violence, but then we never got the payoff, you know, where it's like if somebody's threatening, threatening to punch you for an hour and a half and they never punch you at some point, you're just going to be like, okay, you can't swing, you know, like yeah. you just, you, you start to over time lose that fear. And that's, that's how I felt about this ending sequence is there was so much buildup to, all right, things are moving on their own. Things are creeping up on people. Things are like, you turn around and something's there. Ah, and then it's going to do something to you. Mm-hmm. But what does it do? Like, I need to see at least yeah. one person have whatever's going to happen to you when you get caught happen. Because my imagination, I think, can only do so much. And this is something that is slightly rectified. This is, uh, we learned this a little bit later, but there is a um, director's cut of this movie that does have a little bit of extra footage in it. And one of the things they do add in is there's a little bit of extra footage within the basement. It's not a lot. It's not, it's not a ton. But there's enough in there that you get to see a little bit more. And I think it, at least for the ending, vastly improved it just yeah. because you actually got to see something happened to someone Mm -hmm. it wasn't a lot it wasn't huge but you still got to witness it happen whereas the closest thing we get in the original movie is fucking paul hiding beneath beneath his blanket and then getting snatched up in a way that we don't see you know like you never get to actually witness the things and if i never see anything happen to anybody yeah you're telling me things are happening but it's hard to like quantify that yeah it's like i uh, yeah i get it i'll fill in the blanks but i don't think it needed to be that much more i i think that's what it is they're like right on the cusp it it Mm -hmm. didn't even really need to be all that because like i mentioned before that if you don't have the means to do something within your budget cool i get it i prefer you leave that up to us filling in the blanks rather than clock your budget. But I think in this instance where like with Paul, I could see where maybe what they wanted to happen there and that scare was too much to show. So yeah, cut it, whatever. I'll infer. But in this situation, Mm -hmm. you didn't have to, this isn't a creature, this isn't a monster. And so you don't have to show me crazy, wild things that I've never seen before, sights unseen. I just want to see what they're doing is all just a little bit extra even if they had gone up into the attic and when they got to the attic they witnessed the people like actively hanging Mm -hmm. alex like maybe they saw him and then they they like came towards them and they turned around they realized there was more of them coming up the stairs and they kind of got cornered in a way i just wanted to see the people in action and have a little bit more of a sinister element to them because at the moment now, they just walk. They are just motherfuckers in robes. That's all they are. Runway walking towards people. And we don't really get to see 
anything that happens to anyone. And so even if we had just gotten to see one thing in action where they did something, because as it stands now, the only thing we get to see happen to a person is done by Paul. Mm -hmm. And so our possessed person is doing something, but our actual Satanists, we don't get to see them actively kill anyone and that's mm. all i wanted to see just kind yeah. of maybe just stick let me just come in and you got alex by the legs you let him go yeah you step back <laughs> you, <laughs> you let, let him, him you let him swing <laughs> and i'm gonna say okay i get it I, like i see that's what they're here for they're here to kill every yeah. as many people as they can um yeah. as it stands I just, now i have to imagine all of that yeah and that's the thing is like I think I, I agree. I think we just needed one because we just needed to know. And yeah, you're doing a trilogy thing, but I think we needed to know in this first movie, at least a semblance of what these antagonists wanted. If it's just the death of everybody. Okay, fine. Show us a little death then show show like if we've got homegirl down there in the basement and you've got them walking towards her about to do some sinister stuff. You don't have, I don't even have to see the whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. But if I if I if I go down there with a camera, right, and I just watch a knife go into her gut and the camera pans to go run away, at least now mm -hmm. I know they're down there killing her. That's yeah. what they're doing. That's that's the thing that's happening. And now every single time I see this hooded figure with another member of, of uh Hell House, I know what threat is there. The mm -hmm. threat of death is now there. Because before, the threat is just getting snatched up and then appearing in the basement a couple scenes later. That is the threat right. uh, via Paul. So, like, I do think that you need to establish something else there. Yeah. And so, for a movie, I think that does the buildup so, so, so well. It was unfortunate that the payoff for me wasn't that much yeah it was a little bit of a letdown and i think i've mentioned this somewhere before i know i've told you before i always refer to the moment after a scare as the exhale where you like have that moment where the scare is building up and then finally after it happens you can have that release and mm. that's, that's what is exciting about horror movies is that release that's what feels good I feel like you can uh, associate that with endings as well, because as similarly as a scare builds up, a movie builds up, and then the ending is meant to be the release. I didn't get to release in this <laughs> in this one. I didn't get to exhale. I I still felt that I knew as much as I did before. The only thing mm -hmm. that I knew more of is just what was the threat. Like that's what we learned is is that whole time you're wondering what what was in the basement. We found out what was in the basement, but we still didn't find out what happened in the yeah. basement. We didn't find out what exactly happened. And then Joey's not shit. I will say that as well, Mr. Yeah, Clown. Yeah, truly not shit. Bro, what? You had the key. <laughs> if you just unlock her or just give the key to someone else. Throw or the key on the floor. Or just drop it up something. Don't take the key with you, man. Like he, you had You had actually one job down there like one yes you were supposed job. to be in the clown you maybe two but you really have one job and it was to release melissa if something went if wrong something, that was your main yes. reason for being there was literally just to make sure that she was okay and the thing about joey my man's ran when there was only one person in there <laughs> and he didn't know who that person was it could have been a just a regular person in a creepy mask and mm -hmm. Joey maybe could have at least tried to step to him. 
He yeah. was gone. He was all gone. the way in the kitchen before that man even made any moves. <laughs> and now I, I look I, in this sort of situation with the giant crowd of tour growers and all that. I do the same thing. I fucking run the moment shit hit the fan. But there is part of me that does think there are at least like 15 of you on the stairway and there are like four Satanists. Yeah. I really think y'all could have threw some elbows and handled the situation. I like I think if y'all had banded together as a community, you probably could have nipped this whole thing in the bud yeah. right then. And that's another thing. Are these Satanists super strong? I mean, we we know that they're not alive. Like they're not just mm-hmm. human. So I'm assuming they're super strong. But as it stands, I watch many of them bear hugs and people and the people just allowed to happen. They said <laughs> I'd love a hug today and then they and then we cut. But I will say although October 8th was a bit of a letdown, I did like the little twist at the end. I thought that uh, that was same. fun. I Same same same. I enjoyed that. I thought that it was a cool thing to say, "Oh yeah, Sarah was dead the whole time and now it's mm-hmm. kind of like her duty to bring people to the house or like get more people into the house and mm-hmm. i liked the 2c the whole thing with the door and they find the, yeah. door the house great i thought that that was fun and but then up pops satanist one two and three the three musketeers <laughs> in the room and they walk towards the camera and then the camera cuts off again. camera glitches yeah. and then you we've been here we know what happens after this <laughs> yeah we know but. exactly what happens there although i i almost i wouldn't have minded it if Sarah turned around and they saw her face and they screamed and it cut there. I wouldn't mind. It was just a rat. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. Um, But also I didn't, I'm not gonna say I didn't like it, but I don't know how I felt about the uh, like almost 60 minute style of like anytime a scare would happen and like something clearly is like in the background, oh. and, and then after this, after you know what I'm talking the about, freeze after frame it happens, the they do that in. freeze frame, yeah. and it's like boom. Look at that. The Here's clown the was in the background yeah, the whole time. They basically like, bitch, do. I, what is- I saw him. They do everything <laughs> besides like draw a red circle and like an arrow to it. Like, did you did you miss it? And it's like, no, no, I was looking for. <laughs> Stop. Don't show me. <laughs> Let me find it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty silly. I get it. I get that they were going for that it's, dramatic it, documentary yeah, it's, it's a, style. But it's, it's a stylistic thing. Totally okay with it. Y'all did it too many times. It's not my favorite. Way too many times. The worst one was in the basement where they freeze framed on the cultist that was standing yeah. directly in front of the camera that we clearly saw. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think we got him. I think we we clocked him. We, but thank you for the for the zoom. <laughs> just in case you missed it, because it, it it takes a little bit of the fun out for me because like yeah. that's why I watch movies like this, especially if you're gonna be in a haunted house setting where you have, you know, characters moving through a space and things in the space are altering over time. I want to clock those on my own. Mm-hmm. And I and it well, what that does is it makes me want to watch your movie more because now I'm going to watch it a second time because I want to see all the things that I didn't see the first time. Like maybe there was a head that moved that I didn't catch the first time. I want to see that. Maybe somebody was in a corner in a shadow somewhere that I didn't see the first time. I want to see that. But if after every single one of these sequences, you just give me a photograph to show me everything that happened, mm-hmm. well, then why do I got to watch the movie again? You, you take the fun out of it. Right. No, that, that's, that's fair. I, I did um, also think that that was a little silly. It was a little silly. But coming back around, I also really liked the, the uh, 
ending ending of the movie outside of the cultist there i did like that we had this re-entry into the house i didn't know if i would truth be told because i feel like typically in this sort of scenario i don't Mm -hmm. like i i'm usually like i kind of wish the movie just ended but in this one it worked because it just get it it layered a little bit more on and that i'm okay with like as long as the ending is servicing the rest of everything else that happened yeah you could do two endings sure it's fine but yeah i think outside of the like cultist bit the rest of the rest of that the whole um sequence with the other reporter and stuff was was awesome um i do feel for the cameraman though because he really did not want to go in there (laughs) and that's what i mean my man was getting paid so he had to or had to Mm -hmm. accompany her but yeah he was not he was not feeling it at all he was not about that business. He said, "Nah, He's <laughs> this like, is a I terrible would idea." Love if we could go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Um, <laughs> let me see. Oh, one other thing that I did want to include mm-hmm. before we signed out was um, that the hotel itself, the Abaddon, does not actually exist, but the place where they shot it, which is the Waldorf Hotel does exist and it's in late uh Layton, pennsylvania mm-hmm. so uh if you ever want to go see it it does exist there you can go check out the hell house in all of its glory i think i think it's still there <laughs> yeah we might have to look and we'll, we'll, we'll double check but yes double if you check. Wanna... but last i checked it was there it you was could, yeah you know. it was still standing which is that's pretty cool yeah because they also uh, take a picture that main picture i think is standing in front of the hotel the one that mm-hmm. says the um like poster yeah yeah, yeah, cover, yeah i guess so you could take a picture like that i mean the yeah. sign won't be there but <laughs> the hotel <laughs> but the, will but the, fe- but the feelings yeah. and the hotel and you will can, you can photoshop it in just photoshop it to say hell house. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and rate this old hell house the question is always what do we rate it out of though um you could rate it out of cowardly clowns cowardly clowns okay Dramatic uh, zoom-ins. <laughs> dramatic zoom-ins. I kind of like that, actually. Uh, I was going to do, like, field pep talks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like, like that one. I like field like pep I, I mean, I like dramatic zooms. I'd be okay with dramatic <laughs> zooms. Uh, what are you feeling? Oh, man. I like... No, let's do field pep talks. You want to do field pep talks? I don't okay. see where we're going to get another one like that in a different movie, but we might have some dramatic zoom-ins in another movie. True. True. All right, let's do it. Let's do it out of field pep talks then. Okay. Uh, why don't you go first? Okay, I'm going to rate this 3.7 field pep talks out of five. Okay. I think for a found footage haunted house movie, I like this one. I I like the sequences. I think the characters are work for this like the plot that we're doing i think each one plays their part well and i like the journey that we go on throughout this movie although i didn't like it at first the documentary style grew on me and 
it, it creeped. There were some moments in this that I legitimately felt creeped out where he was just like walking through the haunted house and stuff. Moments that maybe should have been a little bit more, you know, kind of non-consequential. But because they had done such a good job of building up the scares, anytime they started to walk around the house, I started feeling creeped out. I feel like that's a successful move, like a found footage movie where every time the camera comes up, I'm like, oh, shit. And so I have to give that to them. Where they messed up for me was I'm not totally in love with what they did with Sarah for like the first half of the movie. And then I don't love what happened on October 8th. I think that despite maybe having budgetary concerns, they could have just added in a little bit of stuff that would have made me feel like it paid off better. And I will not forgive them. I will not forgive them for that little yeah golden light moment in the fields like i i'm still <laughs> mad about that scene i'm still frustrated that we didn't get more of a result from that and so those little missteps keep it from being like a better movie for me but as far as like a found footage movie i was entertained i enjoyed it so 3.7 um field pep talks out of out of five Nice. <laughs> okay. I think I'll be I'll be similar-ish. I'm gonna give Hell House. I had to think about it. I was like, I was gonna rate it something and I've actually changed it in my head. Okay. Um I'm gonna give Hell House 4.2 mm. out of five mm-hmm. uh field pep talks. Uh mostly for the reason of I also really enjoyed this movie and was kind of on on the edge of my seat the entire time. Um, October 8th was also a letdown for me, but getting there was a really fun journey. And I thought that the subtle scares that they used for a majority of this were absolutely fantastic. I love the way they played around with the found footage style. I think it actually aided the movie as opposed to potentially making it worse. So that is always fun for somebody who is a fan of the genre. And for me, the real reason why this movie isn't just a knockout five out of five truly does come, I think, from the ending portion Mm -hmm. and possibly from the fact that this is honestly a trilogy. I think that that may have hurt this because I think if they tried to contain whatever grand tale that they're trying to tell within one movie, maybe it would have maybe it would have satisfied a little bit more at the end there but for what we get i really enjoy this this was a found footage film that had flown completely under my radar this whole trilogy did and now that i've watched this i am immersing myself a little bit more into it because i am interested in it but if you do like the genre and you've never seen this before and you're a fan of found fiction found fiction oh my god fiction <laughs> if you're a fan of found fiction, haunted houses, or anything of the light, you might you may actually really enjoy this. So uh, yeah, 4.2 out of 5 field pep talks for me. Very nice. And yeah, this is playing, if you have not watched it, or if you haven't seen it in a while, this is on both Tubi and Amazon Prime, if you have a subscription with them. Um, mm-hmm. So check it out. And yeah, I would say, personally, I would go for the director's cut. Um if you want to check this out, because yeah. I think for both of us, after we found the director's cut, we kind of wished that we had 
originally watched that Just one. Watch that yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now you know how the original one goes if you haven't seen it. So yeah, that is Hell House LLC. We would love to know your thoughts on this movie. If you want to talk to us and find us on our social media, we are homies of horror on everything. Or if you want to get a little bit more in depth, then you can come through and join our discord. The link for that is in our social media bios. And discord is just where we kind of hang out with the homies, chit chat a little bit more about spooky stuff and other things. And we also like to give updates and announcements through our discord. So if you would like to join that, we'd love to see you there. You can also email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. It is a Monday today, which means tonight we are planning to be on Twitch. We will be playing some spooky games. We will be chatting with the homies and just having a good time in general. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, then you can also find the link for that in our social media bios. And last but not least, we are very much appreciated if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. You can do both on there. The more ratings and reviews we have, the better for us. We get recommended to more people. And we also just kind of like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account, please leave us a rating or review through there. Or if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and go back to our main page, hit the stars, and you can rate us through there as well. Like I said, we very much appreciate it, and it would make us very, very happy. But other than that, thanks for coming to hell with us, you guys. We had a really good time with you. Um, We hope that you enjoyed your stay, and hopefully you'll be coming back with us soon. But until (laughs) then, (laughs) we'll be be checking you guys out later. (laughs) Catch you next time, homies. (laughs) Bye.